What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 20 of Family Ties. This episode was titled Art Lover and it originally aired on February 20th, 1986. And with me as always to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hey, Phil. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good, good. You feeling better? I am feeling better. Still get a little of the, the croakies in there, but, you know, feeling pretty good overall. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. Now, we're still recording, like, remotely right now. Yes. Do you speak with your hands while we're not in person as much as I do? 100%, yes. <laughs> like, when I introduce you and say my very special co-host, Keith, there's always, like, a big finger point as if I'm, like, bringing you out onto the stage, except I'm the only one sitting here. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, I end up uh, pumping my fists in the air because I'm so excited. I'm like, yeah, hey, Phil. <laughs> I just realized I was I was sitting here that like I think I do those hand motions every time I do that opening bit. I've got a whole like opening monologue hand motion thing that no <laughs> right? one ever sees. Well, I used to see it a long time ago. That's true. Although I don't know if I do it as much in person. I think I might. I don't know. We'll have to test it next yeah. time we're in person here. Well, and we'll have to give it a couple of weeks so that way it doesn't feel weird and then maybe you'll go back to your rhythm again. Yeah, then I'm like thinking about it. Am I doing the, the finger thing? Okay. <laughs> the finger thing. <laughs> You're all pointing and shooting the gun with your fingers. <laughs> it's like that. I don't know. There's just a whole little choreography. Yeah. I don't even think about. <laughs> so you know how some um, like phrases, they trigger different memories or whatnot? Yes. So when you said, you know, can I ask you a question? Do you know what comes to my mind? What? what? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> Every time somebody That's says pretty that. pretty good. I know. I'm a wacko. Well, speaking of that movie, every time someone mentions nuts, I always say, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> Let's get nuts. So, you know, oh, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Good movies. Batman 89 for those not in the know, I suppose. Oh, yeah. I would feel like, our well, maybe our audience wouldn't know Batman 89. I mean, I would guess there's probably quite a bit of overlap since this episode was in 1986. Mm-hmm. We're in that same era. Isn't that weird to think that, like, that Batman movie, like, is going to overlap with Family Ties? Oh, yeah, that's weird. You don't really think of those, like, in the same context. Yeah. No, it's so different in worldview that, uh, yeah, that doesn't feel <laughs> like they can exist in the same time frame. <laughs> no. Hmm. Interesting. So we just watched uh, Spider-Man Homecoming over the weekend, because that's Tessa's favorite movie. Yep. More Spider-Man. That's good. Yep. That's good. Yep. And uh, she's she's decided she's going to have a Spider-Man birthday now. So Nice. Yeah. And Michael Keaton is obviously the uh, bad guy in the movie. He's the vulture. Right. He's so great in that movie. And it just makes me think back to when he was Batman. And he was so great in that movie. And then Mr. Mom. Oh, I love Mr. Mom. And, and Beetlejuice. And, I mean, he's just great in everything he does. I agree. And he's got a great last name for this show. Right? Oh, perfect tie-in. Yeah. I, I like how that all came right back together. <laughs> right? Smooth as butter. <laughs> Definitely smooth as butter. 
<laughs> I think butter's smooth, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, unless it's like hard, like if it's mm. in the fridge, I guess. Greasy as butter? Sorry, oh, that's the phrase. Totally, totally greasy yeah. as butter. Sha la la la. Well, this episode was pretty great, and I have to tell you, there's one guest star in particular that I'm really excited to talk about. It's so silly, but just a little teaser for later on in the episode. Oh. Well, uh, actually, a couple of them. There's some fun stuff in the guest stars. I mean, obviously, uh, there's the one in particular, and she's very familiar looking, so mm-hmm. I, I got yep, a couple yep. things in my head. I'll be curious to see uh, what, what she's uh, done in the past. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to it. Yeah. But first, it's your turn this week to tell us all about this episode. Well, I am very excited to do that. And we open in the kitchen of all places. Who would have seen that coming? Shocker. We open with Elise and Steven talking about art and paintings. And Elise is showing paintings. And Steven is, you know, throwing out, oh, impressionist. And, oh, you know, all the terminology to go with (laughs) with artwork. And we find out pretty quickly that uh, they're hosting an art auction to raise money for the TV station. So we're going to get those phone lines ready and get the Keaton family behind them. Yes. As they're prepping for the uh, the auction there and they're talking about artwork, Nick and Mallory come in. And Nick has made something for the the auction and he is he's going to donate it so that way, you know, everybody can get a get a chance to see his beautiful artwork. And Mallory is so proud of him, and he's kind of proud of it. And Stephen is um, less than impressed, I think, is a <laughs> pretty fair assessment. But, uh, you know, they're all prepping, too, for when this Victoria Hurstenberg comes in. She's this uh, sophisticated person who knows about art, and she's helping Stephen and the, and the station kind of get ready for the auction. She's securing some pieces, and, and uh, you know, she comes in. And she's wearing this beautiful fur coat. You know, she's all elegant looking. And and she sees Nick's work and she immediately falls in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it makes you wonder, hmm, does she really love it or no? But foreshadowing. I also <laughs> noticed, did you see that Nick's hair? Because we haven't seen Nick in a long time. Yeah. Nick's hair is definitely shorter. And I really think it's when he... Uh, became like Alex and he cut his hair for that episode. It's not quite as wild and crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a little more tame. I mean, it's still fluffy on top and you know, he's got the uh, curls in the back there, but it, the sides are a lot shorter still. Uh, So then we flash over to the actual TV station and they're auctioning off art and they're talking about Alex's uh, horsey and ducky uh, being evicted (laughs) painting. And uh, that was during his financial uh, fiscal surrealist period. Fiscal surrealist. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) So that painting ends up uh, being auctioned off and making money. And so they're going to bring out Nick's uh, sculpture and they bring it out. And all of a sudden the phone lines just die. They stop ringing all at the same time. Nothing left. Uh, so Stevens, you know, all right, you know, if you're getting a busy signal, call back. You know, we're everybody's, you know, trying to get off the calls as quickly as possible to get to you. And the phone lines are still not ringing. So Nick's kind of getting nervous and he walks, you know, kind of over to the side a little bit. And uh, next thing you know, Stephen pops back in and he's like, all right, we've got a, a bid of $220 from Victoria Hurstenberg. And so Victoria kind of swoops in, buys the painting, and, you know, Nick is like, wow, you know, that's really cool. Thank you, but you didn't have to do that. And she says, no, I, I see something in your art, and I think it really is going to stir up the art world. And, 
you know, it's it's amazing and I really like it. And so she's going to help him and open some doors for him. We get back to the Keaton home and we see that Stephen bought a painting as well. And it's one of those beautiful <laughs> pieces that uh, it's kind of a timeless work. You know, it's dogs playing poker. Classic. Classic. <laughs> well, it turns out the rest of the family doesn't love it as much as Stephen does. And then he gives us this beautiful story that reminds him, you know, that piece of art reminds him of this lamp that he had when he was growing up. And it had a little hobo next to the lamp or as part of the base, I'm guessing. <laughs> and it brought a tear to his eye. <laughs> he said, I miss that little hobo. <laughs> right. So Victoria uh, Hurstenberg has uh, asked Nick for a private showing of all of his work. And so she can kind of see it and engage to see, you know, if this was a one-off or see if maybe, you know, he's got kind of a theme that runs through his pieces. And so the, he brings them all over to the Keaton house. And of course, in true Victoria fashion, she shows up in a, a full, like to the floor fur coat. She's got a ball gown that's all sparkly and shiny. I mean... <laughs> She is dressed backless. to the nines. Yeah, backless. <laughs> she doesn't get hot in it, does she? <laughs> so she sees the art. She likes it. She calls it primitive and feral. <laughs> Crude, Crude. Bordering on offensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which uh, I think Alex would agree. It does border, border on offensive. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't try any of the hors d'oeuvres. Uh, they were Nick's family recipe, so... <laughs> Alex tried it and ended up having to run out of the room. <laughs> but so Victoria does agree that uh, Nick Nick's art is awesome and she's going to use it to stir up this art world. And so she's going to host a private gallery screening for him. And so, you know, he, she puts him in a gallery and all these people are going to see it. And so he ends up spending quite a bit of time with her over the next couple of weeks. And Mallory doesn't get a chance to see him as often. And in fact, they were supposed to go to dinner to kind of celebrate. And Nick ended up having to cancel because Victoria said she needed him, you know, for, for the gallery and for the exhibit and whatnot. So Mallory's all bummed out and the family tries to cheer up and they say, all right, you know, let's, we'll take you to dinner. Let's all go to, out to dinner. And so they're like, all right, let's all go. And then she doesn't want to go. And so they're like, oh, well, oh, okay. Yeah, you go without me, she says. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, we didn't really want to go without you in the first place, but whatever. So Alex hangs back to talk to her and he, of course, makes it worse because, you know, he said some mean things about Nick being with Victoria, and uh, he said, I only thought it was funny when it wasn't true, but now, <laughs> rut row. So he tries to encourage her a little bit, of course, does a poor job in true Alex fashion. So then we find out, uh, we flash over to the gallery. It's the, the gallery, it's Nick's big night, and he dressed up nice. I mean, he's wearing a real coat and shirt. Uh, you know, he didn't have a, a tie just kind of tied around his neck over a tank top or anything, but... No, not even any like metal dangly things or anything. No, no weight belt, no nothing. I keep waiting to see if he's ever going to wear like, you know, a karate belt or something. <laughs> so he and Victoria are talking and she's and ends up telling him that, you know, she's interested in him for more than just his art. And he, of course, has, you know, he stops it right away and says, you know, look, I really am flattered and I appreciate it. But I just I love Mallory and she's the one for me. And surprisingly, Victoria takes it well and. 
she says, well, you know, I guess I fall in love with the artist just as much as the artwork, you know, because she's so passionate. You know, he lets her down gently and they end up hugging. Well, in the meantime, Mallory is dressed up and she looks great and she's at this exhibit and she's talking to this other guy and he's like, oh, are you here to see so-and-so's work? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, I love it. Been a big fan for years and and turns out, you know, it's a 62-year-old woman and this is her first exhibit. So <laughs> Mallory had mentioned that she she uh, met her at camp. <laughs> and he goes, she's 62. And she, Mallory goes, well, she was a counselor. <laughs> uh, so funny interaction there. Mallory, of course, rounds the corner just in time to see this big hug. She, of course, thinks the worst. And so she runs out. Nick, of course, follows her, but we don't see that right off the bat because Mallory gets home and Elise is in the kitchen. And so they end up talking, but Mallory doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> and Elise is finally able to drag some of the information out of her. And, and uh, of course, at that point, Nick walks in the door and they have a conversation. And, and you know, he's able to tell her in, in his own Nick way that he loves her and that she's the only one for him. And Mallory says that, you know, he makes her feel special and she's never felt like that before. And so she kind of, you know, immediately thought the worst because she was afraid of losing Nick. And then also that special feeling that he makes her feel. And then uh, just to close it out, we get awesome Skippy and uh, <laughs> and he brings in the, the painting of the dogs and he tells Mallory, hey, uh, can you tell your dad... No, thanks. <laughs> Apparently the gag is Stephen kept putting it up all over the place. You know, put it in Jennifer's room and then he puts Damn it over funny. at Skippy's house. <laughs> and we get a freeze frame. Sha -la -la -la. So we get a beautiful episode with Skippy, with Nick. We get Victoria. We even got a little Andy in it. Oh, that's right. With the poker scene. Playing poker with Skippy, yeah. Eating a pretzel and some chips. <laughs> Skippy asks Alex at one point, oh, you know, what do you think he's got? And Alex goes, I don't know. He's a rock. Well, <laughs> Alex had just spent two minutes looking through his cards and <laughs> talking like Andy to make a bet. And Oh, Skippy. Skippy, Skippy. And then he, like, helps himself to a cut of the earnings that Andy got at the end, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Alex made it seem like they do that on a regular basis, that Andy takes all the money and Alex just <laughs> takes a cut. And, of course, Skippy can't get mad because it's a baby. Right? Well, he's got such a poker face. You never know That's what right. he's got. Although that pretzel that he was munching on looked pretty tasty. Okay, Janelle and I talked about this pretzel for a little bit here. So... At some point, like, those were, like, fairly common to give babies, like, who are teething, like, a big fat pretzel. And I Googled it to see if that was still a thing, and all I could find was, like, rubber pretzels. But you have younger kids than I. Is that something that still exists? No. Have you seen those recently? No. No, no, no. Okay. So the teething things, you know, you would put them in the freezer because then it would kind of make them cold and it would help their little teeth and their gums and right. stuff. But, yeah, no, we wouldn't give them, like, giant pretzels, whether they would be crispy ones or soft ones. Yeah, that was a no-go. I think I thought so. But I do I, – I don't remember who. I don't think we ever did with our kids. But, like, my younger siblings, who are, you know, quite a bit younger than me, I do remember at least some of them having a big fat pretzel like that at some point. That's Gumming at it, you know. My memory is not the greatest, but I, I don't remember my siblings getting that. And my sister is 12 – Almost 13 years younger than me. Hmm. But maybe she was just on the other side of that, too. It could be. I'll have to confer with my mom. Yeah, I'd be curious what she says about that. 
Because Janelle also remembered seeing those, like, around. But she couldn't place, like, when or what, like, era that was from. But I don't think that was unique to this show. And I wonder if it would be a crunchy pretzel because it would kind of dissolve. Because you wouldn't want just, like, a doughy one. Yeah, it was like it was like the hard ones. But I feel like they actually made them for babies. Like, there was actually, like, a teething pretzel. But I could be Ooh. wrong on this. But that kind of broke down easier, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I got to do more research. I Googled a little bit beforehand, but I didn't get a chance to, like, look deeply into it. So we may come back on that. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Or I may forget that entirely. Sha-la-la-la! Okay, well, I'm just too anxious and excited for this. I want to get straight to the guest stars. Oh, yeah. We had three different guest stars on the IMDb page here, which interesting. is interesting. The first one listed was Pierre, who is an art lover. And I'm pretty sure it's the guy yeah. she was talking to that was like, oh, but I thought, don't you mean a painter? She doesn't sculpt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a painter. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Wait, he? No, it's a she. Right. So that whole, I, I'm pretty sure that was him because he's the only one that had lines, really. Yeah. But I don't remember them calling him Pierre at all, but that's what he's credited as. So who knows? Isn't that interesting? Like, you know, he had a couple of lines and they actually gave him a name, even though they never said it. Yeah. And other characters, like, they talk to and they don't credit him and with no, names. Yeah. Just guy hmm. at store or whatever. Yeah, right. So Pierre was played by Harvey Jason. He's an actor who has uh, been around for quite a while, 103 credits. Let's see. He's been in a lot of stuff, a lot of things where he did, like, one-off TV shows. He was in an episode of Seinfeld, Diagnosis Murder, Night Court, Star Trek The Next Generation. He did an episode of Head of the Class, which is my cousin's TV show that he was on. Tony O'Dell. Tony O'Dell, that's right. So that's pretty cool. I always got to throw a mention of that out there. Uh, he was in The Lost World, Jurassic Park. The second one. Oh, yeah, the bad one. Yeah, yeah, the first of the bad ones. <laughs> uh, let's see, he did two shows that our friends Champ on Klein covered, both Knight Rider and Airwolf. So that's Ooh. pretty cool. They're still working on the nice. Airwolf years over there at the Champ on Klein crowd. If you like that stuff, listen to them. Good podcast. Yeah. Um, but way back, he was actually in the 70s. He was a regular performer on Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Oh, okay. Now, he wasn't like a big role. It just says regular performer, and it actually lists many of them as uncredited. So I have a feeling he was sort of like a, you know, just bit parts here and there. But he was on the show for 17 episodes. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's interesting. However, this is Pierre's only appearance on Family Ties. So we'll never find out. Anymore about his uh, his passion for art. Oh, that's too bad. So sad, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he bought all the art and now he's just like, I have no money left. I'm <laughs> out. Yes, that's got to be it. Because, I mean, <laughs> yeah. art's not cheap, you know. No, it's definitely not. Although Nick's sculpture only went for $220. And I did do like a brief little bit of math here because... When he brought over, like, his entire catalog of work, he said, for the last five years, I think there was, like, five sculptures in there. Yeah. So that boils down to... Maybe six, because I did the same thing. Yeah, okay. Let's say... Well, for easy math, let's say five, but maybe six. If there's five in there, that's an average of one a year. Yeah. Right? Okay, so maybe a little bit more than that, but let's say one a year for easy math. His one that he sold previously... At auction was sold for two hundred twenty dollars. 
which <laughs> means at that rate, even even if we double the amount that he does, he's still making like four hundred and forty bucks <laughs> per year annually for all of his work. I don't think that's a sustainable business model. I'm just saying. No, no. Well, art is subjective, so you never know. That's true. But Maybe one will go for like you know. Four hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah woo. <laughs> he might need to up his output. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna have to be cranking those out about three a week. <laughs> Our next credited guest star was Victoria Hurstenberg, of course. Oh yeah, she was played by Christine Belford. Christine Belford has eighty-seven acting credits. Now you said that you thought you recognized her. Do you know what you might have recognized her from? Yeah, I. Like, I'm pretty sure she was in Silver Spoons. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. She was like the mom, but she was... Seven episodes of Silver Spoons. Oh, what? That is impressive. So, even Heidi recognized her. She's like, oh, my gosh. Like, she's always, like, kind of rich, snobby, hoity-toity, like, in everything she does. And she's like, I could not place her in one thing. And then I'm like, she was in Silver Spoons. And Heidi goes, you were right. That's impressive. The other thing that she was in that people might recognize, the one that Janelle recognized her from, she's also a recurring character on Beverly Hills 90210. She was Steve Sanders' mom on that show. Janelle immediately recognized her because she's a big fan. And this is kind of fun. She told me this. I got a little backstory from Janelle here. So on the show, her name is Samantha Sanders. She plays Steve's mom. And in the universe of the show, she was actually a former actress from the 80s, and she was a mom on a Family Ties-like sitcom, and the show was called Heart House. And so she was like, you know, like an ex-actor, and I guess the storyline a lot of times went that Steve was jealous because she played this great mom on this TV sitcom, but she was like a terrible mom in her life or whatever. Well, that makes sense. Yes. He had some issues. I thought that was cool how it kind of was, you know, mirrored. But that was, like, after she was actually on Family Ties. So, impressive. Yeah, because uh, 90210 was in the 90s. So, pretty cool. I, I'm impressed with both of you guys. I didn't recognize her at all, but I didn't really. Well, I mean, I watched Silver Spoons as a kid, but it's been a long time. Like, I wouldn't recognize people other than Ricky Schroeder off of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're all, um, Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> yeah. No, no, wrong show. Wait, was he in that? Ribeiro. Yeah, he totally was. No, what? Are you messing with me? No, I didn't know that. I mean, like, honestly, I haven't watched it since probably the 80s. No, come on. Is he like the other main kid in or something? Yes. Really? I mean, I knew Alfonso from The Fresh Prince, of course, but. Yeah, and there was a girl, too, but I cannot remember her character. Now you're making me look it up. The only thing I really remember about Silver Spoons, of course, Ricky Schroeder is in it. He had a train that went through his like playroom and he had like real like arcade cabinets in there. And it was like the coolest room and like it's every kid wanted to have that room. But I honestly oh, yeah. couldn't tell you anything else about that. And I mean obviously he was rich. That's pretty oh, much yeah. it. That's all I remember. Yeah, he was totally in it. Silver spoons I see on his IMDB. Alright. That's uh, again, yeah. I didn't I mean, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he was totally like the best friend that would always come over and hang out. I mean, that makes sense. Someone's gonna come over and hang out in that cool room. <laughs> Let's see, Christine Belford, so she was also, other TV shows, Greatest American Hero, Believe It or Not, I'm Walking On It. That's got to be one of the best theme songs of all time, Oh, right? definitely. But this is her only appearance on Family Ties, which is good for Nick and Mallory, because 
that she just she's got to go. Miss Hurstenberg, yeah, was no, a troublemaker. Nobody needs that. Well, we did have one final actor, um, and this is funny because I was like, who else would they credit? But the final role was telephone panelist. So one of the people at the in the TV studio there. It was an uncredited appearance, so it didn't show up in the actual credits. But it was played by Tom Willett. And apparently this guy has got like a ton of uncredited things, although he does have some like legitimate stuff that he was, you know, actually like named roles and stuff as well. So, I mean, he's basically like a, a an extra that got a lot of work. And this guy has been in like so much stuff. It's incredible. But also there's some really interesting patterns I discovered in looking through this. So wait a minute. He Tom Willett as a phone panelist was like he was on – the other end of the phone, like making a bid for one of the pieces? I think, no, he was one of the people who was operating the phones. That's what it says on here is telephone panelist, but I believe that's what they mean. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, Because I was able to match the picture of him with one of the guys on the stage. Okay, nice. So, because, you know, sometimes there's ones where people have done that before and we're like, this doesn't match up. But this one seems like he's got a legitimate resume here. So a couple of interesting things. First of all, apparently... People think he looks like Abraham Lincoln because in the movie, in the movie Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he played Abe Lincoln. In the Drew Carey show, he played Abe Lincoln. In a TV series called Bringing Up Jack, he played Abe Lincoln. Interesting. Oh my gosh. And then, like years later, uh, or I should say years earlier on Happy Days, he played Abe Lincoln. <laughs> But that's so crazy. Tom Willett is not one to just be typecast as one thing, right? Right. So, well, I guess he did have a recurring role on a TV show called Dear John, where he played Tom, but his name is Tom. So I wonder if he's playing himself. Oh, that's I don't John Larroquette. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it? I, I didn't. I didn't even look into it. I just saw that he, yeah. he's on ninety episodes of that as a named character. So he has done some actual acting. I mean, not that extra work is not acting, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, like, just the list of movies that he's an extra in is, like, mind-blowing. I'm going to go through, like, some highlights here. Beaches, he was an extra. The Naked Gun. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Inner Space. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Back to the Future. Oh. Which is significant, of course. Uh, Fletch. National Lampoon's European Vacation. Like, all of these tons and tons of really cool movies. He was also in uh, Falcon Crest, which we bring up quite a bit. And Falcon Crest is where we begin another one of his interesting typecast type appearances. Because in Falcon Crest, one of the episodes he was in, he played Courtroom Spectator. And then (laughs) he was also in the TV show Night Court. He played Courtroom Spectator. Courtroom Spectator. (laughs) And you might think, oh, that's just two. But he was also in a TV movie called Outrage where he played... Courtroom Spectator. That's right. <laughs> oh, my god! That's right. Oh, that's awesome. But, you know, our friend Tom here, you know, he's Abraham Lincoln, Courtroom Spectator, but they, he's not going to stop there. He's got some other things that he's super excited about. And he's really into weddings and funerals. Oh. In fact, he played in one show, let's see, MacGyver, which is another one that Champ Klein covered, by the way. In MacGyver, he played. He was an organ player at a funeral. Okay. And then in a movie called Mickey and Maud, he was an organ player at a wedding. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Yep. 
So he had quite a, quite a list. Other great movies and just crazy stuff. Stripes, History of the World Part 1. It goes on. He somehow manages to be like an extra in like tons and tons of amazing movies. But sadly, oh, this crazy. was his only appearance in Family Ties. Well, who saw that coming? I know. It was such All a pivotal role in this episode, too. <laughs> right. Someone had to answer those phones besides just the Keatons. Oh, yeah. The more I saw this guy, the more I was just blown away. And that's hmm. our guest stars for the episode. Great guest stars. Sha-la-la-la. Was there any lines that, that weren't hilarious and funny? Oh my in this gosh, episode? I wrote down so much. I did too. I, and just some of the gags, you know, like with Steven doing the painting, you know, putting them <laughs> everywhere. And, you know, the horsey ducky. I mean, they talked about horsey ducky like four or five times. The barnyard so. bankers foreclosing on old McDonald's farm. I mean, <laughs> that's just, that's classic, <laughs> Alex. There. Classic Alex. When, when uh, Mallory tells Alex, you know, touch the hors d'oeuvres and die, <laughs> Alex does, and he goes, well, that's the vital threat. <laughs> well, and I love what Nick's family recipe uh, was. <laughs> Cherry tomatoes stuffed with whipped uh, salami. <laughs> <laughs> whipped salami. So gross. great. <laughs> when, you know, Mallory's complaining about not being, you know, elegant and sophisticated and Alex says, oh, don't worry about it. Those things will fade, but at least you'll be older. (laughs) Mallory is talking about uh, Nick's flaws, and Elise goes, oh, yeah, your father has an alphabetized list of them. (laughs) (laughs) Just the the way she just kind of threw it out there and then kept on going – it was like, oh my gosh. And dishonesty beautiful. is not one of them. And, and Mallory's like, how do you know? And she's <laughs> right. like, I've seen the list. Oh. <laughs> yes. uh, when Nick is, you know, trying to convince Mallory that uh, that he loves her and that, you know, there's nothing weird going on, he's like, I'm only going to tell you this once. And if you tell me that you don't believe me, I'm walking <laughs> out that door and I'm never coming back. She says, I don't believe you. He goes, I'm only going <laughs> to tell you this twice. <laughs> And then at one point of that whole conversation, he goes, you know, you give me, you make my palms sweaty and give me butterflies in my stomach. So he said, I either love you or I'm allergic to you. Uh, They were talking about him, um, you know, just taking over the art world, you know, Nick kind of taking our world by storm. And she goes, you're going to be man, you know, man of the year and on the cover of time magazine every week. (laughs) Man of the year every week. I don't think you can be man of the year. Yeah, you're missing something there. Oh, and then, of course, I already mentioned it, but Skippy, when he just walks back in and he's just kind of nonchalant, he's like, hey, uh, can, you, can you tell your dad? No thanks. No thanks. <laughs> oh, so yes. good. It was a really funny, a lot of like laugh out loud parts in this episode, for sure. I had to stop it and rewind a couple different times just because I was like, okay, I can't can't hear anymore. I'm already laughing too hard. I missed uh, something. So good. What about you? Did I mean I know I said a lot, but you did. But there's so much more. Oh. I loved uh, Jennifer at the beginning when she's like making chili dogs, <laughs> <laughs> and then when the lady comes in, she's like, oh, is she gonna be impressed with the chili dogs? And the lady walks in, and she's like, your chili dog's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Just a great Jennifer delivery there. Yep, and the lady just kind of smiles. She's all, okay. <laughs> okay. When uh, Nick donates his uh, sculpture and Steven's like just kind of flabbergasted, and he's like, I don't know what to say. And then um, Mallory's like, well, how about thank you? And he's like, no, that's not it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Nick. 
I mean, Nick had so much great stuff when he was, when his, they were auctioning off his piece and he's like, oh, uh, I have a special message for my aunt at home. She's watching from home. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd already said it like three times. Oh, some good A's in there. Oh. He, uh, some of like other Nick, Nickisms, he told her when she said she wanted to be his art patron, he said, I think I'd like to be patronized. <laughs> yeah. He was prime Nick in this episode. Oh, he was. Oh, and she said, Nick, I can't tell you how impressed I am with you. And he's like, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So many good ones. Yes. Sha-la-la-la. I did also have some interesting just observations. Ooh, okay. Not necessarily of the humorous type of things to point out throughout this episode. Okay. First of all, you kind of mentioned this, but I thought it was funny that when she asked Nick, you know, if she could do, if he would do like a private art show for him, for her, that he brought his stuff over to Keaton's house. <laughs> yes. Why is that the place that they would bring it over to? I don't know. Right. Uh, because everything's at the Keaton's house. Always. It's one of their only sets. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I mean, but we do know they have a Nick's apartment set, so that would have made sense. Well, maybe he doesn't have room. Maybe that's not his uh, workspace. Because doesn't he live with his aunt? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe the aunt was home. Yeah. (laughs) But during the private art show, he was wearing a Monty Python shirt again. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, so that's at least twice now that he's worn a Monty Python shirt, which is just... When did that... What movie was it for? Well, Monty Python, but what year did that come out? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, so he was wearing a Flying Circus shirt, which is the TV show in the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. Oh, okay. But... The last Monty Python movie, like theatrical movie, came out in 1984, I believe. Okay. So it would have been just a couple years before this. It would have been just before this, right. And, you know, there was kind of like a gap between when they did the show and when they started doing movies. And, like, there was a big gap in between movies. But during that time, it started getting really popular in the United States. You know, I mean, for a while, no one had heard of it here. But especially, like, in the 80s, they started playing it, like, on PBS and stuff. So a lot of people had access to watching it. And uh, it kind of had a resurgence in popularity. So it makes sense that he would wear that. That does make sense. Let's see. Okay. So another thing that I thought was funny, um, another just observation, when they're talking about, you know, to Mallory and seems like, let's all go out. Let's go to dinner. And Elise is like, yeah, let's all go get dressed. When she said that, they were all wearing like jeans and like proper shirts. Like no one is in pajamas or anything. Yeah. So I want to know what were they going to get dressed in? That they weren't already wearing at that point. <laughs> they needed to get their ball gowns and fur coats. I guess. What kind of? I mean, we've seen the restaurant they go to. There's only one. <laughs> and it does not require anything more than jeans and those shirts they were wearing. No, because remember that one time when, um, oh gosh, it was that guy that they lived with in the hippie commune. They yeah. went to a different restaurant. Remember, That's it was a true. real That's... upscale place. So they've got two restaurants Maybe they were town. going there. I guess so. Yeah. Although I thought we figured out that it was like the same, but like just a different angle on that set, but maybe oh, yeah. not. Yeah. And they changed the tablecloths. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, uh, still. Yeah. They did seem pretty dressed to me. <laughs> One other thing that I just thought was like, just drove me crazy is, you know, when Nick comes over at the end after Mallory and Elise are talking and Elise is pouring like milk into a bottle for Andy. Mm-hmm. And when Nick comes in, she lets him in. She's like, Oh, I'm going to go bring this to Andy. And she takes off and she leaves the milk out on the counter and the milk is out through the rest of the show. They never put it away. It's just sitting there. Oh, well, maybe she was going to come back down and make a sandwich to go with some more milk. 
I guess, but I mean, to me, when you're using milk, it comes out of the fridge, you use the milk, and then it goes back in the fridge. Yeah, it only has a certain amount of time that you leave it out. Otherwise, it's not cold. Right. And then it starts to get sour, and it's no good. Well, I think milk now is different than milk then, too, because I bet they probably had, like, the whole fat milk or whatever, especially for the baby. Probably so. I guess so. But... Because I know, like, we would always buy, like, just the reduced fat, the 2% for our family, but when we would always have one of the babies or, you know, whether it was a foster or one of the adopteds, we would always have a gallon of whole milk, and then that's what we would put in our bottle. That makes sense. But still, it irked me. It irked me. (laughs) Well, I think you have every right to be irked, sir. Yes. And plus, during the show, I mean, you got to figure when they're actually shooting it, who knows how long that was sitting out there. Oh, yeah. Probably started to smell bad, you know, because they had to do multiple takes maybe or whatever. I don't know. Well, maybe it's not real milk, so it's okay. Cloudy water. I suppose (laughs) they could have done that. Oh, or maybe it was soy milk. Soy milk in the 80s was so disgusting. Was there soy milk back then? There totally was, because I went to camp one time, and there one of the girls that I was talking to, um, she was lactose intolerant or whatever, and so she would drink soy milk. And so every morning at breakfast, they would bring her some soy milk out for her cereal, and that stuff huh. reeked so bad. I can imagine. I mean, there's a lot more like non-milk options now. Oh, yeah, and they smell so much better. Like the oat milk smells like a, a oatmeal cookie. I'm like, oh, that smells amazing. <laughs> Things were rougher back then. Yeah. Almond milk. I mean, almond milk, you didn't have to put in the fridge. You can just leave it in the cupboard, I think. Well, maybe it was almond milk. I guess that's possible. (laughs) Yeah. Still put it away, though. Don't leave it out on the counter. Well, she pulled it out of the fridge, so that would make sense that she would put it back in. That's right. It did come out of the fridge. Well, maybe she saw the look in Mallory's eye, and she's like, oh, I better get out. Mallory's going to beat me up. She needs to talk to Nick. I guess so. She just... The milk was a collateral damage for that conversation. They're throwing it away now. <laughs> Sorry, milk. <laughs> you had a good run. Sha-la-la-la. Well, did you? I know you did because you managed to find a moral even on our clip show episode. But did you get a moral for this episode? I did. And, you know, it all kind of comes back around to Stephen and some of the deep feelings that he has about art. And, uh, you know... The people in this house just, they didn't try to get on the same level with him. And so my my life lesson is sometimes people in your family just don't have the same eye for art that you do. Ooh, that's good. That's an interesting take. <laughs> I mean, the, the painting is ugly, but I mean, you know, I bought things that speak to me <laughs> in a different way than they speak to somebody else. Sure. They do have a lot of things hanging up on their wall there, so I can see why he didn't have any room for it. Their wall is, like, covered floor to ceiling. Yeah. Well, maybe he could put it in the secret room that goes around the back or something. Or in the yeah, garage. Or the garage, which we know they have now. Yeah. But Elise just wasn't even playing. She wasn't even trying to, like, you know, give him any room or anything. And if only our listeners could see what hangs on our walls here. <laughs> I have subjective pieces in here. I've got Disneyland stuff. I have a really sweet uh, cork board that has a pineapple hand-drawn on it. And it's Whoa. super cool. Yeah, one of, uh, uh, well, she wasn't in my group, but now she's actually a teacher. Sierra, I don't know if you remember her. She made it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. I would love to buy one. And so she's like, all right. So she made it, and I bought it, and it's huh. right here. I don't use it because I don't want to ruin it. Like, I don't, like, put pushpins in it. 
Well, I'm sitting right by two cork boards with a ton of push pins in it, but mostly it's like buttons, like little one inch buttons from bands or comics and stuff like that. And then also like Disneyland pins or Junior Ranger badges from places we've gone. Oh, stuff nice. like that. Oh, the national parks, like those kinds of national parks and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So all kinds of stuff like that all over those. I actually do have, and it has a name, but I can't read it from here. Um, it is, so I went to a gala for San Bernardino City Unified, and then they had okay. kids at one of the uh, one of the high schools, um, a Royal Valley made art, and so they auctioned it off. It was silent auction, and there's this really beautiful piece, and it's this lady, and she's wearing like a traditional like dress with it's got the sash in the middle, and the sun's behind her, and she's kind of like in the the hills or a wheat field or something. It's kind of hard to tell. And um, it's just, like, it's really cool. And so I wrote my name on it, and I won. Nice. has a name, but I can't remember. And the artist actually signed it for me. I actually have a lot of autographed art hanging around our house, too, from students. But I didn't pay for any of it because it's our kids. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot. Like, we have an entire wall that's, like, wall-to-wall all covered with their paintings. That's cool. Yeah, quite a bit. Well, and they are very talented artists. Oh, I, I like to think so. Yeah. Well, I've seen yeah. some of their stuff. Yeah, they are actually. <laughs> very okay. talented artists. Yeah. They are. They're I think they are too. Very creative. And then, of course, I've got a whole display of Legos out in front of me here. All different builds that I can just <laughs> fiddle with <laughs> as we're talking here. So, Are you playing with a Mario Land one that you got? Or Oh, yes. Lego Mario. Yeah. We've, we've done a lot of that. <laughs> Although that's noisy, so I don't have that around my desk. Oh, good. That's good thinking. (laughs) Yeah, you have to actually like turn on the little guy and it talks. You know. Ooh, nice. What about? Wasn't there one that was like uh, like a circus or something, and it had like all the different rides or? Oh yeah, we've got a whole amusement park that we've built. Nice. Like that's cool. Ferris wheels and roller coasters and merry-go-rounds and all that kind of stuff. We we have a lot of Lego in this house (laughs) (laughs) for the kids, you know. Oh, yeah, only for the kids, yeah. <laughs> the girls are just now starting to get into it, and so we're a little bit slow on some of the sets because um, they're not super good at keeping the sets together. Mm, so yeah. we have just kind of like a big crate, a create a crate. So That's good. Yeah, and so That's they play important. with that often. That's excellent. Yeah, because you got to like free build as well. I mean, it's nice to build like the pre-done sets, but you want to make sure they can be creative with it as well. Oh, yeah, and we have thousands of options for them for the for the pre-build so okay i approve that tessa when we were watching spider-man you know they build the lego death star and they put you know uh-huh. yeah and so tessa's like oh i want that and i said well you're just coming up on your sixth birthday i think that one's a little bit uh, advanced for you you're probably gonna have to wait yeah it's also like five hundred dollars <laughs> yeah there's not an ice cube chance you're gonna get that one though <laughs> yeah. i don't even have that and i'm an adult fan of legos so right that tells you you know <laughs> that's when you know like you know oh you've made it when you buy the big set i mean i have some big sets but not quite that big you're not rolling in the uh the 3800 uh piece death star set no, Is, I would. Isn't the Millennium Falcon like super expensive too? Yeah, that's like the. I think that one goes for like seven hundred now, oh, something like that. My gosh, it's enormous. Yeah, that's crazy. So before we moved to Ukaipa, we used to live out in Orange County, and I worked at a church. I was like on staff at the youth, you know, department there, and 
you know, everyone like gave each other presents for Christmas because everyone's going to give each other presents. I said, if you guys all want to, just an idea. This is when the uh, the Lego Star Destroyer had come out, and it was like it was like three hundred bucks, right? And nice. of course, I wasn't going to spend that to get it, but I was like, if you guys all pitch in, because there's like thirty people on the staff, I'm like, if everyone pitches in, like ten bucks, you guys could get that for me. I'm just saying, and they couldn't convince them to do it. No one would go in on it, even though they all what? spent like ten bucks or more on me, and no one, I could never convince them to do it. What a rip, man! That's I such know. a great idea. I, I thought it was somebody too. Else to spearhead it. I know it's because I brought it up, so no one would. Yeah. Do it. You needed somebody to go run and say, all right, give me the 10 bucks for a fill. Let's go. Yeah, that's right. I should have just put on a fake mustache and done it myself, but I didn't think of it at the time. <laughs> oh, in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> that works for everything. I mean, 10 bucks, that's not bad. Right. I'd pitch in $10 for someone's birthday, you know. Oh, always. Yeah. Especially if it's a place you work and you already kind of feel like, you know, obligated that you're going to buy them something. Right. And all those people bought me something, some of which was more than $10. You could have (sighs) saved them money. I know. And you would have been probably twice as happy. I probably would have with all that little $10 junk here and there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You could have had a Lego Star Destroyer. Uh, Well, it was worth a try, but I do think of it every once in a while. What could have been? (laughs) Oh, could have been so beautiful, just like Tiffany said. (laughs) Tiffany, the uh, singer from the 80s as well? Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not Breakfast at Tiffany's, Tiffany? No. <laughs> breakfast at <laughs> Tiffany's. It's a store. It is. Audrey uh, Hepburn's character was named Holly, just for the record. Oh, I didn't know that. Not Tiffany. I've never actually seen the movie, so. Really? Yeah. It's a really good movie with a few parts that don't hold up well. Just heads up in case you oh, decide okay. to watch it. <laughs> Like, did not age well at all. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la! I really enjoyed this episode. I think it was a lot of fun. Good look at art. Fantastic having Nick and Skippy in an episode. All around, I'd give it two thumbs up. I give it two enthusiastic thumbs up. Yes. And a fist bump, like when you brought oh. me on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm doing my wrapping up the show hand motions as we speak. You can't see it, but I'm. <laughs> so, they're waving like crazy. <laughs> Are you uh, looking at me? You know, on the uh, you're listening to my voice and you're kind of giving me the wrap it up symbol. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just it's just getting myself geared up for the big emotional close. You know. Oh yes. Okay. Because sorry. we do love having all our wonderful listeners joining us. For all these episodes, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And, uh, Keith, if our amazing listeners wanted to get a hold of us, where can they find us on the Internet, and where could they send us a message? Well, they should totally find us on Facebook, and we have two different options for them. We have the um, the friends of Alex P. Keaton, and then we also have just our Facebook page of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. That's right. They can also email us at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. And we actually do have AlexPKeatonIsMyFriend.com, so if you just want to go straight to our website, you can listen to the episodes there. Oh, nice. I didn't even know that. It's really yeah. on the website? The yeah. Link? Oh, yeah. Well, no, nice. you listen to it right on. There's a player right on our site. You can listen to it right there. Man, I go through all this extra trouble of letting it just download automatically into my iTunes and listening to it. And that, and that works, too. We're happy no matter how you listen to it, but that is another option. In fact... 
Let us know how you do listen to the show. Send us a message. Like he said, Alex is my friend at gmail.com and tell us where you listen to the show. Be curious to hear where everyone's uh, tuning in from. Maybe they're hmm. in their car. They might be. <laughs> oh, that's not, I don't think what you meant. Oh, no, not quite. <laughs> I, it's good. I like to know where you listen to it as well. We know that Julia gardens sometimes while she listens to it. That's cool. But I mean, like the platform you're listening to it on. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. What's the weather in Germany now? Like, is it kind of like starting to get cold again? Or hmm, mm. I'm curious. I wonder, like, what is gardening season? When is it over, really? Like, for us, we're still in the 70s and 80s every day. So it's nice and warm. <laughs> I would like it to cool warm. off a bit. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, next week. Did you see? Rain. Yes. And then it gets cool. Like, we're down in like the 60s. Very exciting. Oh, those are my favorite days. Well, my favorite days are when, Keith, you record with me on each episode of Alex B. Keen as my friend. Oh, you're the best, Phil. You're the best, Keith. <laughs> hey <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're going to make yourself cough. <laughs> I know. It was so close. <laughs> Well, join us again next week, please, dear listeners, for the best Keith and the best Phil on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do?